Welcome to Duncan and Stuff. My name is Duncan and obviously I'm going to talk about some stuff. Today I'm talking with a friend of mine, Jay Cortez. We talked a lot about politics, particularly in this episode, and I just really want to implore you all to listen to this episode because Jay and I have known each other for a long time. We've seen each other through thick and thin, some good, some bad. We've really grown and changed over the years that we've known each other, and we came back together to talk about this podcast that was really kind of a brainchild to begin with uh, of Jay and I. It was something that him and I had talked about, so it was really great to have him on the podcast and just have a conversation with him. We talked about a lot of stuff. Kind of heavy, kind of light. Uh, I had to split this podcast up into two episodes. Two for the price of one. Free. Because we talked about so much stuff. And I do want to say that I decided with this episode and the one after this to kind of let the editing happen a little bit more organically. I didn't get as obsessive about taking out all the words like um and whatever. Things like that. I let it kind of just go the way that it was. It's a good two episodes. I strongly recommend that you listen to this one first. And then, uh, yeah, you should listen to the other one. Enjoy the show, guys. I'm trying to, like, understand the ethos around Donald Trump. Because, like, there are moments where, like, I can't help but, like, feel really sad. Like, and I don't mean sad, like, for him. But, like, just sad where I'm, like, watching him communicate. And I'm, like, you're smart enough to run a business. And, like, let's be honest. He ran a business. Whether it was good or bad, he ran a business. There had to have been yeah. times where he was making decisions or just being informed, right? Yeah. Got to a certain place, right? So yeah. it cannot it, – it just cannot be lost on him when something's not going well at all. Like, maybe if it's not going well, kind of. But when it's just not going well at all. Right. It's not lost on him. It has to, it just, I can't operate under the, like the pretense that he lives in a world where he doesn't understand things are going badly. Right. And yet he puts forward this like bravado. That's like, everything's fucking fine. It's totally better than fine. In fact, it's the best it's ever been. And I feel sad because it's like, there's gotta be a voice inside of him. That's like, you're a shit bag. Yeah. No, I, I can't deconstructing Donald is something that, I, I try to think about because the thing is, is that for me, it's not just deconstructing him; it's deconstructing his entire following and this entire uh, piece of the culture that's kind of put him in power, you know. And it's substantial. It's 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 a substantial, and it can't be ignored. You got to find a bridge between people who are considered more progressive and um, people with uh, people that would support Donald Trump. But like the thing is like, well, what the fuck is it? And I think like when it really comes down to it, I don't know, dude, like this whole where we are right now as a nation, I think has really made everybody be a little bit more self-reflective and, and start realizing that, you know what, dude, when it really comes down to it, we're really just fucking scared of people that are different than us, you know, and you could break that down to race. Typically, most of the time um, it comes uh, in terms of a difference between uh, gender and gender stereotypes. Like there's literally anybody that's not like you or that you can relate to, like a lot of people f don't feel very good about. And it really makes you think, cause I'll be really honest with you, dude. Like when we first met um, and we were doing city year together, like that was the first time that I made really good friends. Like I knew people from different races. Um, I was friends with people from different races. I was friends uh, or I knew people that were gay, for example, but this was the first time that I ha was 100% immersed in a world with people that were totally different from me, um, socioeconomically, racially, from uh, geographically, from all parts of the country, you know, like, and I learned so fucking much, you know, and like, 
people like Mike Salcedo, right? Was he was like one of my first really good gay friends, and I still consider him a, a good friend to this day. And I remember before, uh, as we were going through our time and city here, and I'd go sporadically to go visit my parents and my family. How it's like a fucking veil was being pulled over my eyes, and I realized how fucking racist my family really was. Like, no, I'm serious, not just racist, but just like prejudice, you know, oh, against okay. gay people, against people of different races. And it's, it's like, I grew up around that, and it didn't seem very wrong to me. But then I'd hear small little comments, and it wasn't like blatantly racist shit. It was just like small little commentary, you know, like it's what people would call like almost like microaggression these days, right? It didn't have a term at that point, but like I knew that it was fucking wrong because I would sit there and I'd be like, I couldn't imagine me saying these things in front of this person if they were here, you know, because I had people to actually think about. I think that like you hit kind of on a point that like has always been important to me is that like, I don't think that inherently having prejudice is wrong uh, because I, I believe truly that like to break down the word prejudice is to prejudge. Prejudge. Yeah. And I think that like prejudging things kind of goes back to like this almost maybe archaic sense of like, humans of being survival surviving the best that we can and that notion of prejudging somebody or something isn't always inherently a bad thing but what i do think is wrong is that like when people are prejudiced and they become aware of it in whatever way it is like somebody says something or it just is like blatant prejudice and they disregard it and happily live within the prejudice without trying to combat it like i can tell you that i have prejudice there are times and like, for me, I, tr I try to really stay in my own head about it. Like if I'm walking out at night and I see somebody walking and they have a hoodie on and it's night, I get kind of like scared because I'm like, I've had friends who've been mugged and I, I start to think, I'm like, oh, I'm just being like kind of prejudiced. But then I take it even a step further and I'm like, okay, that guy's white, but I still feel scared. And then the next time, if I see somebody who's black, I'm like, do I feel scared? Do I feel just as scared? Do I feel more scared? I see somebody who's Asian or any of those things. And I start to try to think, do I feel like a certain type of leaning one way or the other and constantly kind of coming back and looking at myself and evaluating that I think is important. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't do. I, I think what you said is, is really, the very first thing that you said to me is, is very correct. And I think that's something that a lot of people um, have an issue vocalizing or saying or just even realizing it is saying that like no matter what like you prejudge you do you know what i mean like the word prejudice in itself like you said just means prejudge and it is something that we do for survival right like you see something and you create a whole narrative of like is this safe is this not safe will this harm me will this harm the people around me that i care about my loved ones so on and so forth i think where people fuck up is when they make that prejudgment and then they alter their behavior to put the other person down or to inflict some sort of like negative reaction towards the situation because of that person. And also where you remain inflexible enough to kind of integrate new information to change the narrative that you first created when you met that person. I can tell you as, as, as a Latino male, um, and especially, you know, especially as of late professionally, um, for, for a good number of years being put into situations where I know people see me, they see my skin color and they automatically make a judgment. And I can almost tell the moment they start realizing they're like, wow, this person is pretty fucking knowledgeable. This person knows what they're talking about. This person has experience. I, I should listen to this person. I should respect this person. 
Like I can many times see that. And then there are other times where people don't fucking change that thought at all. They still treat me like I'm the fucking waiter and I'm there to pick up their martini glass. The thing is, is that like in any time we talk about race, I always try to be as upfront with you as possible and say like, I have not really experienced that like in a really definable way where I can say, yeah, I know what you're saying. But more I try to lean towards the idea of saying, I have not experienced what you're saying, but I can understand what it is that you are saying to me. Yeah. That's the best way that I can say that. It's like how I co- often talk to my older brother who's gay when he talks about struggles of being gay. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know what that's like. I have no idea. And to say that I understand what you mean to me, it's like, I'm trying to focus more on the idea that words matter. And it's like, I don't really understand in the sense that I've never experienced it, but I do understand what you're saying. And, but you're hitting on an issue that's like, where does it fall to like, whose responsibility is it to fix that? And like, I, I think about this a lot. I'm like, well, is it like people? Is it individuals? Is it groups? Because a lot of people would say, well, like whites are really racist. And I was like, well, I'm a white person, but I don't know a lot of people who are openly racist. And I don't know a lot of people who make jokes that are racist and or make microaggressions even that are racist. So where do I come in to combat those like prejudice stereotypes, right? And like the best thing I can do is like I try to educate myself. I try to stay well informed. And I also try to have conversations with people so that if something comes up, I can be like, I can question it. Because I, I think the big problem with media and about prejudice is a lot of times they try to paint with a broad brush and they're like, everybody that's prejudiced is this way. Everybody that's racist is this way. And it's like, people are much more nuanced than that. And there are a lot of people who are living in parts of the country that are just uninformed who, like you said, would probably change their mindset, but they haven't been exposed to it. They just haven't been, ex- they, like, because I lived in Iowa for a while, I know a lot of people who are just like not exposed to new ideas like that. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. And so it's like, it's hard for me because it's like really complicated, but like how, the rallies, do, is that all we do? Is that like the best we can do? Because now we have a president who says that kind of shit? And it's like, is he giving everybody a blank check to be racist and dickish as fuck? Yeah. I don't know, dude. Um, I think, and this goes back to something that you and I talk about a lot, right? Like, just the integration of things like technology into our daily lives. Like, what we're doing right now, for example, right? Um, you're at your place. I'm at my place. We're able to have these conversations and connect and reflect on ideas. Is. I think that, that technology is a big piece to that solution. Like, I don't know what the solution to that is, but I know that for me, if I were to put something together, if I was in some sort of a fucking think tank of trying to figure out how to mitigate racism and prejudice and discrimination. Let's solve racism. Yeah. <laughs> Let's solve it. But um, if, if I were to be a part of that group, I think technology is absolutely a part of it. Um, I think another big piece that, I, that guys like you and me are big fans of are, are like content, right? Like, being able to tell stories and communicate ideas through really, really killer content is a, would be a big integral part to that. Um, and I think that that's, we're starting to see that a lot more. Like, I mean, just think about, think about all of the cases, uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, for example, and all of the cases that we're seeing about um, African-American individuals that have been murdered or kind of faced unjust situations with the legal system. Um, and everybody's pissed off. It's just like, fuck man, I feel like this is happening once or twice every month. Right. Like we're hearing about something. And, and the thing is that like, it's probably not probably more than likely it's been like this for fucking decades, like forever, but we're just hearing about it more. So because we're hearing about it, we're able to, to one, make sure that this, these, these things that happen 
don't get forgotten. We can mobilize around it. And not only that, we still use technology to communicate and reach out to others for this cause. You know, that's why people like Philando Castile, right? And, and, and Mr. Garner, like they're not forgotten because we still remember it's fresh in our minds. We see their faces, we hear their names, people communicate their ideas constantly. And we're able to keep that memory and the, and the cause alive. And I think that um, technology is going to be a big piece to that. For me, like I mentioned for myself, like it, it's not, I, I don't feel like I was necessarily inherently racist or prejudiced, discriminative, discrim, discriminatory. I don't know. I, I didn't like to discriminate willingly, right? Um, but I think that exposure to new ideas and new people and starting to feel okay with that um, really helped me tremendously. And now I feel like I'm, I'm a totally different dude, totally different person, totally different outlook, and I'm willing to fight for it. And like, not, not just like say, hey, I'm okay with it, but like literally put skin in, in, in the game and go out there and fight for people's rights, right? To just be who the fuck they are. Um, I agree. I, I, yeah, and like I'm telling you, like I had a conversation recently with someone and granted he was an older dude he was an older guy and he sounded a lot like how i sounded probably like right out of high school where they were like yeah you know like i don't i don't have any problem with gay dudes or anything like that but i just don't want them to like press it up on me and like make me feel uncomfortable and and this and that i'm like how does uh, short of a, a, a the dude coming up to you and groping you how does this person make like press their gayness upon you, right? And I think what what he meant was, as long as he's not overtly flamboyant or really out there with it to make me to make it really readily apparent that this dude is gay, um, that will make me feel uncomfortable. And I can understand that because that's what he was saying. He's like, "Oh, I'm cool with it as long as they don't just you know push that upon me." And 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 I think that's what I interpreted because I remember that's what I felt, right? I, I was somebody that would have said something like that the moment that I was in the presence of somebody who fell out of the narrative of what I thought a male should act like, right? Now it's just like, that's around me all the time and I don't think twice about it. But then, because of the whole pre-judgy thing, it tells you, hey, something is up here, something is different, I should pay attention to this. Should I feel threatened? Should I feel weird? Is what he's saying like a come on? Is he trying to hit on me? Like, what the hell's going on? And that's an issue of like, one, I'm not used to this. Two, am I secure enough in my own like masculinity, right? Yeah. Which are all things that have progressed since then. You've talked to, like you hit on a few issues and like I got to unpack a few of those. So like- Please, please. The, the first one I'll say is like, we're at an interesting point where like, I do agree with you that technology will be the, uh, how we fix a lot of problems, right? I will say on that note though, I am very concerned with the fact that like with Facebook's algorithm, with Instagram's algorithm, with all these other platforms that people are using for algorithm, make data or content if there are people who are on facebook and we see what happened in the election and we're, people are talking about these like echo chambers but it's like facebook is aggregating data and showing you stuff that's within the same view set of what you already like right mm -hmm. so people are posting stuff that's in your mindset i don't feel like the current tools for technology are going to lead to uh, like, I don't think Facebook's gonna solve racism. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's be like, I don't think that the video of Mr. Castile is going to fix it by showing a lot of people because I feel like there's not a lot of people who are gonna see it or they're gonna see it where it's been manipulated in a way in the eyes of a pundit for like Fox News or Breitbart where it's like, yeah, this guy was there, blah, 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 you know, or whatever. And they're just gonna, it's gonna keep reinforcing these prejudices. But then you also tie, hit on like an issue or, or like a topic where you said, 
that being exposed later, like you kind of like change your mindset. And it, it made me think of like what it is that like prejudice, like really is your brain trying to do. And it's like, humans love to categorize things. We like to put things into categories. We like to say like, you know, with like, think of like words, light bulb, like uh, pens, shoes. We'd, lo we'd love to just make things so that it's easy to digest. And I think that when we're exposed to something that we haven't experienced before, our brain is prejudiced because it's trying to like categorize it in a way that we understand. So if you haven't been exposed to it a lot, your brain might fall back on this like crutch of using like pre-existing stereotypes or like media representations. And that's like one of the reasons that I always think it's super important to have like people of color, people of like, different sexual orientation, women represented in like film and TV, the mass, the masses that people see, because I don't think that people get enough exposure to content that doesn't look like me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? On like television, yeah. on news and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that the content that's out there that is different can be easily missed based on the technology and the current format that it is now. So yeah. I don't know. That's just like my two cents, but yeah. I am white, so I don't know. <laughs> for me, the biggest learning experience that I have right now and understanding like the dissonance that can happen from your category, so to speak, like you were saying, like what your background is, what the box that you've been placed in, for example, versus the other, for me, it lies less with race sometimes, maybe because I'm a Latino, I don't know. But um, it, for me, it's definitely the, 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 the dissonance between um, men and women. Right, like I know that for me, um, I, I really have to actively make sure that I understand the issues well enough to speak on them, to defend them, even though I don't always. Like the issues in the workplace, for example, where they talk about, like for a long time, I was really trying to figure out like uh, where they would talk about how women make X amount of cents on the dollar for every guy, right? And uh, like you see the data and it's just like, all right, well, why is that, right? You know, does that necessarily happen? Like I started thinking about all the jobs that I've had and I, I, I and just like the, the issues for women in general, being a guy for me, like I really have to put myself in those place, in that place, right? And like me being a guy in a relationship with kids that are girls, it behooves me to really understand it and to be a champion for those issues, right? Because at some point I'm going to be gone and I'm going to want to say that, I did everything I could to make the world as equitable as I could for my children. So understanding women's issues is probably the biggest thing for me. And, I, and, and that's for me, like the, the, the feminist movement is something that is so mind boggling to me sometimes because I feel like, and I was actually just having this conversation with, with Wendy, my partner the other day, that I, we feel like there is like a big distinction between like female empowerment and like feminism, right? Like there's, well, female empowerment, fe true feminism, and then just like, I don't want to say guy bashing, but like, I can't find the better phrase right now, but literally like guy bashing, right? Because I feel like when you're talking with someone that's focused in that realm through their commentary, you'll kind of be able to like figure out where in that spectrum that they lie. It's called nagging, by the way. Ne say that again. Nagging. Nagging. N-E-G. Yeah, have you never heard that? No, no, I have no oh, idea. What is that? Right. I was trying to be funny. Like you're talking about something serious, but negging is the concept of where like guys are say negative things to girls to try uh, to pick them up. It's called negging. It's a terrible. Oh thing. shit! Is that that's part of that pickup artist movement, right? Maybe I I don't know where that. I, yeah, I, no. Well, well, I just think well, it's a guys, terrible thing, and like what you you were like guy bashing. It's like it's called negging. I was trying to be funny, but then it ended up being really stupid and also insensitive. So now yeah. I'm like, women have it way worse. That's another thing, dude, and that's. <laughs> That actually kind of hits up, it hits upon this whole thing because I really feel like, um, God, dude, like just in just 
we could go alone on gender dynamics for so long. Um, one, because it's so huge and it's, it's, it's convoluted and everybody has their own opinion. And like, there are no real blanket definitions of anything really, because gender is such a, like a fluid issue. Now growing up, like it was like, you know, boy, girl, blue, pink, right? Like it was just very, uh, um, binary. And now in the world that we live in, the idea of gender and sexuality and it's just so fucking broad. So I think that as you know, we were having this conversation about millennials, right. And the big distinctions, I think that's one of the biggest things for us to wrap our heads around is that like just the other day we were like out and about and talking and so on and so forth. It was a transgendered individual, a friend of mine that, that showed up and um, somebody made the commentary of like, Oh, he, right? He in in reference to the person, and and then quickly they just switch gears. You could see it, and it said she, and it's just like oh fuck. And like I know that that person's one very well-meaning. Didn't mean to be offensive or anything like that. Um, but it's just like fuck. What do I say? What is the right term? How do I identify? And it's like how do you, without really knowing that person and maybe explicitly having that conversation, like hey, I have a preference for this, are able to respect them and call them by their preferred uh, uh, um, descriptor word, you know, and it's just like, can you really be mad at someone for that, right? Like, I, I don't know if you can. The pronoun game is like one of my least favorite games to play with people who are transgendered because I often feel very insensitive because I don't know what pronouns mm -hmm. people prefer. Um, I yeah. recently did the podcast on like uh, um, the LGBTQ community and like I reached out to some people and like uh, one of my friends, Matt, who like, you know, he's working with, people um at his job who are transgendered he said that like basically what he said was he approached them who did he didn't really know because they were new hires it's like hey i don't really know what pronoun you prefer and like yeah like <laughs> that that's kind of like laughable but like he said that they like kind of responded well to that because it was it showed that he was trying Right. And I think that like you might be able to speak to this as like a white guy. I cannot speak to this because like I haven't had something that I've been generally, you know. It's really fucking hard, right? Because it's all it's it's akin to like someone from like the Midwest or some shit like that who's who's not used to fucking dealing with like Latinos and coming up to me and saying, uh, "Español or English?" Right? Like, Dumb and it's just like not. I can't. Should I be offended by that? Because it's just like, dude, you look at me. I'm fucking brown. Okay, like, should I be offended by it? I, I don't know if I, if I have enough ground to stand on to be like, yeah, I'd be fucking offended. How fucking could you? I'm an American motherfucker. Like, I can speak English, but it's just like, dude, like, they're like, it's a very understandable thing. No, but you're also hitting on something. Is like you're just saying you're like you're brown. Like that is like a historical thing. That's like that's had more time, right? And like transgender people are only really recently starting to come out into the like the social acceptance era and they're not even socially accepted, but like they're just not in the shadows as much as they used to be more recently. And like, I'm not saying that based on any data. I'm just saying like the fact that like Harley Jenner was on a magazine cover, you've got like next top model has like a transgender person. And like, I didn't know any transgender people when I was growing up. It's becoming more of a thing now. So I think that what we're seeing is we're at like the, the crossroads of like a social issue and then the language to describe the social issue where they haven't rectified yet, where it's like, what pronoun do we use? You know, the, the response that was given to my friend Matt was that the pronoun should be they and them. 
And I was like, whoa, that's really confusing. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if that's the right answer because I haven't talked to any of my transgender friends about it uh, specifically, but like, that's, that's confusing. But then again, I'm not transgender and I don't really care what like you want to be called. If it's what you want to be called, then I'm going to yeah. abide by it because right. I don't know. It just seems like English is ever evolving. I don't know. I, I don't get caught up on the English part of it so much as like the, the fact that what you're hitting on is the, that society is like a few steps back from like the social issue that's moving forward. Right. And what that we're like with the English, with the language we use to describe. But what bothers me more is that the legislation that dictates these people, that is like really problematic to me. But as far as transgender people, I think that we're seeing a place right now where we're like, and gays, or even in like the last like five years, like 10 years ago, gays cannot get openly married. Yeah. 10 years ago on an interview, Obama said, I think marriage is between a man and a woman. Hillary Clinton said like the same thing. And then they changed. It's because like society is evolving, right? And it's kind of what you talked about is like, what is problematic to me is that you said that like being able to bring new data in and make a new position stance based on the new data and the new experience, right? Now on a personal level, person to person, that is very problematic. Although I think as a society, we've made pretty big strides and people being better about that. That's just my general experience. But what bothers me is that on a, like a structural level of our institutions, that same process happens, but it happens on a much slower basis where like the new data comes in and a lot of people who are in the Senate, the house, they're like, I don't care. You know what I mean, or they yeah, want to be regressive. That was very anecdotal. I should have had data to back all that up, but yeah, but yeah. But the thing is that that's just, unfortunately it is the nature of government. You realize like one government is motherfucking slow. Like it's really, really slow um, for lots of different reasons. The, the, the issues and the, the things that they have to, take into account and create very defined wording and laws and, and, and structures for takes so long. Like they literally have to think of every little angle because in the back of our minds, we're thinking, um, okay, Hey, there's a building that needs to be built right down the street, right? It's necessary. We need a, a, a new um, a clinic for this community. Uh, to keep people healthy and da da da, and like the, the the rhetoric is all great, like the intention is all fa- fantastic, but like at the end of the day, like one, you have to find funding for this thing. You got to hire the right people to 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 run it. Um, every single nut and bolt that's going to go into that place is going it has a cost, and it's your job in the government to figure out how you're going to pay for it, and not only pay for it and launch it, but maintain it. So you have to like project the 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 cost for this thing perpetually, yeah. and. You know what I mean? And while that's done, two months later, they're going to ask you for something else over here and over here and over here and over here. And like, the re- do you know what I mean? No, I'm but, like, I, you, you hit on a point where I'm like, well, the government is in charge of doing that. But then they're also in charge of combating all the naysayers who are like, oh, yeah, you know, that study that said it was going to cost a million dollars. It's actually going to cost like six million dollars. According to our guy, his name's Phil. We keep him in a closet over here. Our expert on Fox News is here today to talk about why terrorism's destroying kindergarten. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and, and that's, like, and that's oh, the God. thing with government that I'm like, oh, God, like pundits, opinionated <sighs> yeah. people, like people yeah. who aren't experts saying like crazy shit where I'm like. It's, and then people yeah, vote, dude, and they, they vote based on those ideas. They really do, you know? And, like, that's another thing, um, especially, you know, dudes like you and I who, like, really like communication. We like uh, media. Like, we, it, fuck, dude. Like, you really see <laughs> you really see the negative side to that, dude. Like, I'll be really, really honest with you. Just, like, working on um, 
in local politics, like I've been able to see that it's how easily stories and narratives are created that are completely inaccurate and from like really credible sources, right? Like I'm now personally like, damn, I really feel a bit lost because I don't know who to rely on to get accurate information. Um, it's because they're wearing huge, the tinfoil, tinfoil hat. It's hard not to think that way, dude. It really is. <laughs> um, it's, it, 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 I don't know, man. Like, they, it's, it is such a responsibility to, to, be, to be the person that can direct the minds and thoughts of, of people at a mass scale. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. And the thing is that these people, um, a lot of times, like, you got to think about it. Like, it's funny because when you think government, you think professional. Get shit done, right? It's, it has to be perfect. When you think the media, you think, oh, it's accurate. It has to be – they have to tell the truth, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, the one thing that people need to fucking realize, they are people just like you and me. And a lot of times, they're a lot more fucked up people than you and me. And this is just their jobs. And there are days, no, there are days where you just don't perform your best at your fucking job. And that happens with people in government, and it happens with people in the fucking media. And you just have to come to understand it. The only thing about that is that when they don't, other people can't suffer from it. Yeah, right? no, I agree. So, and this is one thing that I tell, like, my family, my kids in particular, it's just like, look. Yeah, you, you you can look to others, but at the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself. Are you are you doing a Jedi mind trick right now? On you? Answer my Why question. are you doing that? No, I'm just curious. Have you, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like it's a, it's like 100 degrees in this closet. I have like a fan going, but like that's the only problem with the closet is I'm like, have you looked at the new healthcare bill that it's just come out of the house? SB five six two. Yeah, have you seen it? T- oh no no no! I'm so sorry. I'm, I think at a state level um you're talking about the republican health care bill yeah uh, from um yeah no no i don't I, I i have i've been so engrossed in just local politics mm-hmm. i haven't even had the time to to go through it okay I like I, I'm, I, i've been so disconnected from from federal like i'll be honest with you i have national politics i've taken a huge step back from okay um yeah, that's weird just, i've just, stepped in so much a lot into federal politics because it's pretty weird. Yeah, no, there's there's a shit happen, but like, kind of like I told you earlier, um, it starts at the lower level. It's, it's easier. It's easier. It's it's it's. I think national politics because it's so all encompassing is a really great place for people to start. But I, I and that's why it's people get so excited and jazzed about voting for the president, right? Like we we have more numbers coming to vote for the president than we do at local politics. But like, it really starts from way down here. Like, like I said, it is akin to like dominoes. Like you get the right people right here and you move forward. Yeah. Uh, eventually you'll, you'll have culminations of things like what's happening with Donald Trump right now. Like all those Republicans that are in the fucking the house right now didn't just fucking appear out of nowhere. All these oh, yeah. precincts, all these precincts that voted for Trump didn't just fucking appear. People didn't just decide to be fucking Republicans or support a Republican or to be blatantly fucking prejudiced out of nowhere. Like it took time for that to build. Right. Oh, yeah. um, and we started seeing the, the, the inklings of it with like the tea party, at least nationally. Um, so I've taken a step back from federal politics. I'm more involved with like local politics. That's um, really cool. One, Cause it's, it's my fucking job Two, I really think that that's where a lot of the, the fight where we take a lot of these things back and we make real progress is going to start. So yeah, no, not I only agree. with the city politics that, I local that I work in right now, but also um, the the uh, at, at, at a state and at an assembly level, which I'm I'm a delegate for now. Um, those are the two things that kind of take up my time right now. 
No, that makes sense. And like, you, I mean, just to even drive that point home, like with uh, the things that are happening on the local level that push to the federal level, and then it goes kind of back and forth though. Like we mm-hmm. recently left the uh, Paris Climate Agreement, the Accord, and like you have Jerry Brown, who's like, you know, it's a state level. It's not like super local. Who's like, uh, California is not going to fucking just, we're not doing that. Uh, we're, no, we're going to, we're going to like abide by the Paris Accord. Such as a state. huge thing. Huge deal, right? Hey, did you hear about, did you hear about the travel ban to the different states? California uh, instituted a travel ban to like, uh, I think it was like four or six different states that they're not going to be sponsoring. They're not going to be investing money for state sponsored travel to go to these particular states because of their uh, laws concerning transgendered or just prejudice laws in general. And see, Texas like, is one of them. Huh? Then no, that totally hits on the same point as like, but it trickles down into the local level because then didn't Garcetti and like the mayor of Long Beach just say that they were going to make like the, the Los Angeles port and the long beach port like 100 percent sustainable in the next like five years wasn't that a thing that just happened recently yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they're working See, on a lot of sustainability it started at the federal project. level and it went the other way and then sometimes it goes mm-hmm. the other way so that's like why yeah. i just wanted to show that i knew a couple of things on the local level <laughs> um but yeah no I've, I've definitely taken a step back from from more federal stuff to, to things that are, are more localized 